0: Welcome to Perspectives on Social Justice, where we're giving the world a voice. I am Larra Lane White, your host. Now, all it takes is a visit to the grocery store to see the evidence of inflation impacts on America's food chain. All it takes is a drive around the community to see that a number of individuals are indeed taking action and creating projects towards sovereignty and new urban farmers are taking root every day. And for the rural farmers, there's been a rise in the cost of business in order to meet supply and demand. Well, food security has been identified as this country's leading social issue, second only to the inflation issue. The USDA reports that since 2019, 5.1 million households in this country are food insecure and according to the world health organization these factors affecting of uh, the factors affecting food security such as food availability food access and food use and misuse are the leading uh, factors impacting food security in the nation the times are calling for us to strive to create food systems on every level from food manufacturers And processors to local communities and individual households. Systems that not only produce, distribute, and consume food, but also command policies of availability, command policies of access distribution, and dictate the culture of its use. Obtaining a high level of sustainability in food systems is not as difficult as you think. All it takes is a little patience and understanding of the processes of food security and sovereignty. And you can be the solution phase of eradicating food insecurity in your community. The USDA reports uh, does recognize a rise in food insecure households across the country. And the times call for families and communities to create food systems with the goal of seeking sovereignty. But what does that mean? What does it take and where do we start? We're going to talk about that in our series this month. And I want to thank everyone of you for joining our dialogues on food insecurity and in farming. For our viewers and podcast listeners, we will produce a quarterly spotlight on this topic, of, uh, on the topic of food insecurity, as well as a blog. For the month of June, we are providing farm spotlights and tips on how you can make a difference in the food chain during these times of higher food prices. Today, we are talking to farmers about inflation and COVID 19 consumer impacts on food security, as well as from a business standpoint. Our guest, Katherine Arnold, she is the president of Baby Katie's Farm, located in Snellville, Georgia. This nonprofit operates. Uh, This nonprofit operation brings low-income neighborhoods together through gardening with a mission to provide fresh fruits and vegetables to people who are not typically able to afford organic produce or even have access to them. She works with families to help them grow their own food, learn the business of selling and trading commodities, as well as creating and maintaining a budget for financial independence you can find her on her website as well as her instagram with what a beautiful instagram it is we also have tony and belinda jones the joneses established the morning glory homestead farm as an expansion of what their family grew for their own provisions the farm offers a variety of vegetables grown uh, using sustainable agriculture and permaculture methods, in addition to their produce, they maintain a full complement of chickens and ducks and hogs, and their uh, and other meat bo- bird uh, other meat birds and offer classes, farm tours, workshops, and they hold special events highlighting South Carolina's Gullah history. And so we're excited to have. Them here today, and we're glad to uh, have both uh, Catherine as well as um, the Joneses to join us here today. And we're glad that you guys thought it not robbery to come <laughs> and be a part of this conversation. Now we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, and, and and first, let's talk about let's we know that we're in the midst, we're on the tail end of the, of the COVID-19 pandemic, but now we're battling this inflation and the impact of food. I mean, the, the, the food prices are skyrocketing. And um, if we, last time we talked, we talked about how the pandemic contributed to food insecurity. But um, what, what are some of the things, I know we talked earlier about, how it's impacting the, the 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 cost of doing business? Can you just kind of give us some perspective on how um, how this these how the latest inflation is impacting your the way in which you do business,
1: um, Catherine? Why don't you start out? So I've been real big on staying local for the past five years. I rarely go outside of my community unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, gas prices have been on the rise for the last two years. And now we're just seeing that big swing and it's like, wait, I just put five gallons in my car and, um, it kind of took me out. It's like the same price as a full tank. So I think people are really starting to pay attention to how far they travel now. What I really want people to pay attention to is to how far their food travels The food that you get from the grocery store literally comes from everywhere. It either comes off a plane, a train, uh, a bus, uh, or a truck. And all those people have to pay for gas. So when you're talking about sustainability at the forefront, the first thing you can do is figure out how to reduce your travel. Find somebody that is local to you. And support them. Go to your local farmer's market. People are there. The food is there. And sometimes it's even closer than the grocery store.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, for the Joneses, you guys at the Morning Glory Homestead, how has all of this impacted you all?
2: Quite quite similar. Um, even though we are... Um, there are several farms, of course, in our community. Uh, you know, people look at the big box stores for lower prices and availability. And sometimes when those trucks don't come in and they, they see, you know, shelves are a little slim. Um, we may get, you know, a few people looking towards us as an opportunity to shop local. And uh, like Catherine was saying, a lot of times people are not thinking about how far away their food is coming. So if your food is coming from Florida, California, Arizona, and other like the Midwest, that takes a lot of uh, effort and gas and right now. You know that's going to cost a lot more, and our food prices are going to reflect that. And even locally, we've had to make some changes in in our prices to reflect, you know, the higher gas prices. And we we are attempting to uh, keep things as low as we possibly can, and um, and and give you know percentages of discounts when possible, um, because we really we want to give people a break. We don't want everybody to. You know, you don't feel like oh, we can't support local farmers because local farmers' foods, you know, is higher than the 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 grocery stores that they go to. And I think sometimes people don't realize that you know when you're when you're a large farm, a really large farm, that you're you're producing so so much at at a, a, at one time over a period of time that. um smaller farms can't keep up with all of that we can't we can't produce the same amount of like we're growing potatoes but we're not in Idaho growing one crop of potatoes you know some farms are monocrop. that's all they grow is one large crop of one that hundreds of fields of one particular thing and so we're growing we're diversified so we're growing Smaller amounts of several things so that we can have enough, you know, to when people come to us, that we can be the one stop shop at least, you know, for um, they can come to us and get like four or five, six different things rather than, oh, well, if I go to the Joneses, I'm only going to get eggs, or if I go to the Joneses, I'm only going to get potatoes. But if you come to us, you can also get a variety of things that we have available in the field. So we try to make sure that we can offer um, a nice supply of things. It's not gonna be like really huge, but it's gonna it's gonna make it easier for you to make it, you know, one stop. And we do a little produce package similar to like a CSA, where if you get that package, you're gonna get a, a variety of everything we we have available. Um and and um, that may last you. You can pick how how the size and for how many people you want it to serve. So we we can we can make a, what what we we do more adaptable to the family needs and um, personally serve people in the community. Whereas in the larger stores, you you may not be able to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why do you think um, why do you think we're having this food insecurity? Why we talk about food insecurity being in areas most prevalent in areas where they're low income, um, but as I go through up and down the the, the East Coast, I'm finding that um, food access and availability is limited in a number of areas and not mm-hmm. necessarily in um low income areas. Why do we have that And you know what and in the parts of town where we do have uh low impact what what's where, where we do have low income areas why are we why are we experiencing um food insecurity? What's your what is your take on that?
3: My, my take I I'll take a, a spin on that. The, the problem is baby boomers you know, we grew up, most of us grew up and uh, had parents that had uh, farms and and uh, gardens and everything. And then when we grew, we got older, we said, you know, hey, we ain't going to be doing that. I I don't want uh, my kids to be involved with that slave kind of stuff. And, you know, dealing with the Gullah Geechee culture, I mean, that's part of our heritage. That's, you know, where folks what folks did to sustain life they had those little family plots so when we got away from getting out of the field and keeping our kids out of the field and and out of the gardens then there go the problems with survivability and sustainability um, we did it to ourselves and and now uh with the administration and with the economy <laughs> It's forcing us to to uh, fish or cut bait.
2: Yeah, that is one of the problems that we're we're experiencing. Some people don't have that skill anymore. They don't have the mindset either for it. Though you can see in in many of the schools across the the I know in the southeast. There are lots of um, farm to school programs, uh, and we've been participating in some. And uh, even though COVID cut down on the number of volunteers that can be involved in the schools, uh, I think that they're gradually returning to that so that gardens in schools are teaching kids or allowing them to see what, where their food is coming from. So when you have extension programs that are offering schools an opportunity to see gardening up close, then um, that will help and, and when you have children who haven't seen it in their families, in their family life, or in their, then they can see it at school and, and maybe take it home and suggest, hey, well, why don't we try this at home? Um, and so it gives them just an opportunity to see what gardening can do what it, what it's like and what it can do, and and um and they're tasting food, so they're you know they're they're having an opportunity to not only plant it, see it grow and mature, but they're also tasting vegetables and fruits that they've probably not had before, or not had as fresh as they're eating it before. And I think the more we expose kids to gardening, um, the, the better we will. Uh, will all be because they'll see more of what what it means to have food accessible to them. Even if you grow with it in a in a five gallon bucket, you know, it's better than not having anything at all. If I've got a, you know, a tomato plant and a pepper plant and I'm that that in itself is helping in some way. And um we need. We do need to get back to those types of skills. And I know that um, Sister Katie is teaching those things and, and promoting that in her community. And I think we all are trying to do that. We're all trying to encourage people to get back to um, the land and seeing where our food comes from and how it can help us. Because, you know, it's a terrible thing when... Uh, like in the Buffalo situation, a bad, uh, a, a violent act causes the only grocery store in the community to shut down,
0: no, and, no.
2: you know, and what it, those people were, you know, not, organizations were struggling and working, you know, trying to get food back in that community. Why was it, why, how can a community that size only have one grocery <laughs> store, you know, that, well, that, That's a sad situation, right there. Uh,
0: And and we're gonna we're gonna end on that. Um, On that note, we will be ending uh, our our broadcast. And uh, I thank you so much.
3: Tune in next week as we
0: continue our dialogue on the concept of food sovereignty and what that means to communities across the country. Move toward.